Welcome to episode 48 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and as usual, I'm joined by Kevin and Brian. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers. And each week, we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Disney+, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Spotify. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week, we're talking about the season finale of Boba Fett. We're talking about the Netflix show Murderville. We're talking about the Tinder Swindler. We're talking about Amazon Prime's Reacher. We watched a whole lot of stuff this week, and we're going to talk about a bunch of it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast. You can do that over on iTunes or on your Android podcast apps. And if you rate and review us over on iTunes, that'd be great. That really helps us out. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast, and you'll find illustrations and clips that go with each and every episode. And while you're there, you can comment or ask us questions, or if there's, or if you have a different opinion on something we've talked about or would like to suggest something for us to watch, you can do that over there through comments or direct messages. Or you can send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. Well, this is episode 48. We're closing in on 52. Do we do anything for the year anniversary? Which is kind of redundant. An anniversary is a year. Are you saying do we or should we? Or Do we? Should we? What do we, what do we, do we market anyway? Yeah, sure. I don't know how yet, but. <laughs> Sacrifice a goat? Nah, not a goat. Do we go and look at the first thing we watched and for the year anniversary, do we watch the first podcast and talk about it? I think it's time to revisit Army of the Dead, to be honest. It needs to be reappraised. I tell you what we could do. Chris has been asking for us to revisit Reign of Fire. Right. I don't know how you feel about that movie. I'm pretty sure I revisited it recently, thinking that. You know, maybe now that I knew what it was, maybe there's more there that I wouldn't be, you know, so disappointed because my expectations would be managed. But um, I seem to remember still not like, but I like mm. Chris. So, you know, I mean, so long, so, so long as, yeah, you know, so long as he doesn't mind me, you know, still not liking it. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think he values your opinion, respects your opinion. Likes to hear the conversations that ensue. I mean, he knows he knows where I stand on it, so I really don't know what he's hoping to get out of it. But I haven't watched it since Be- I saw it. This bear summer, in mind so that, like, maybe. I recently watched, by recent I mean, in the last five to ten years, watched Jurassic Park and thought, meh. You know, I think we discussed this before. It's really not. It's not like it's it's fine, but once you get like once you get past the dinosaurs, there's no real there's no real significant antagonist there's just you know some peril and there's a a dickhead but beyond the kind of moderate peril it's kind of like it's 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 fine like it's fine but people have a sort of reverence for it and i think it's it's a lot of it is there's a lot of nostalgia love for it the 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 fact that the fact that the pratt film and I think that it's good enough to warrant... The fact that the Pratt films are so massively popular, even though they're rubbish, speaks to how... Are they? They're are huge. They massively popular? They're huge. And the fact that they're popular speaks to what a big place the first film holds in people's hearts. That they're... they're mm-hmm. They can gloss over the Pratt ones. And I think they're glossing over the fact that the first one is... The fact, like, Spielberg directed... The second and third, right? Second, for sure. Second, not the third. Okay. Second one, I was just, I, I was. Eh, it's rubbish. Eh. Yeah, yeah. And the first one, the first one's got a lot of uh, goodwill from just 
the first time I think saw the first it. one did something that we hadn't seen before with very strong it, it did. visual effects. It absolutely did. Yeah, it did. And I loved it. it. To- I I loved it when it came out. Yeah. I really did. But when I went back and watched it, I was bored. Just being honest, I was I was kind of bored. I was like, eh, you know, okay. aside from I, like, the, I went from to the... see it in the cinema for the like the anniversary thing a couple of years back, you know, and it was like this little room, the little cinema in Dunleary, like the tiny one, like whole 15 people or something. Um, it was like a private screening. I liked it. I did enjoy it. There were definitely bits where I was just like, oh, this computer mainframe shit and this VR interface is like, it's definitely the... Like there's like at a the line end of the in community day, where he goes, do you not remember what fucking VR did to the cinema of the 90s? You know, like at the end of the day, it's 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 a plot from the guy who gave us Congo, among other things that didn't. And have. Westworld, right? Uh, yeah. Theme parks so. going wrong was his thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's fine. It's fine. But it's not it's not Jaws. You know, mm. it's not I'm trying to think of other good Spielberg films, but he's overrated. <gasps> ah, come on. <gasps> Indiana Jones, one through three. How did we get onto this? Rain of Fire. You didn't like Jurassic Park. Rain of Fire. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't like Jurassic Park. <laughs> no joy left in you but no i mean the the dragon effects i, I do remember the dragon effects are quite yeah. cool um for the time and they i think they mostly hold up it's just well let's let's leave it we'll we'll come back to it if we're going to come back to it you know yeah well well i'll, I'll say kind of now from the outset and when we kind of come back to it i think there's a it doesn't have to be on the same scale as fury mm-hmm. road but when you're telling a story that's simple you've got an opportunity to have a plot that's as kinetic as fury road i'm not saying that has right. to be as good as Fury Road, it doesn't because it doesn't have the budget and, and everything else. But when you're talking about just the ingredients it has, limited setting, limited characters, limited dramatic mm. action, it needs to be like. And there's a lot of not that pissing yeah. about in it, and that's kind of what I think why I won't like. I it. didn't like Army revisit of Darkness. I don't know how you feel about that one yeah. way or another. Like you recommended or you were sort of yeah. leaning towards it there. Like I enjoyed the Evil Dead movies and they were sort of cult. No, no, I said Army of the Dead. Oh. That was a joke. <laughs> that's that, that's a, a different thing. I thought you said Army of Darkness and I'm like. Because it's, no. I, I could see you considering it for a second and I thought. Well, no, because I thought, uh, yeah, I, I guess I just got the, the wrong end of the stick there. I thought you were like, Army of Darkness. I'm like, really? He's a Raimi? He's that much of a Raimi fan? It holds some sort of place in his... I mean, we could watch no. the, the the Army of Thieves thing. I actually tried and uh, I couldn't. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Let's try and see if there's anything worth talking about this week. Any trailers that you watched? I saw that there's a trailer for the new Jurassic Park with Sam Neill and... Laura mm-hmm. Dern, whose birthday it is Happy today, birthday, Laura. I think, or yesterday, today or yesterday. Um, but I didn't watch it because, like I said, I think Jurassic Park is overrated. Yeah, I, I, I gave that a look, the trailer, and was kind of like, I didn't see the last one, so I have no fucking clue what's going on. I guess dinosaurs are just out there now. Um, There's dinosaurs and Chris Pratt is in it, and... Yep. I think on three separate occasions <clears throat> in that trailer, he does the like hand reach thing that he did in the first movie. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, 
I, that's the still I've mm. seen everywhere where he's just reaching out to the dinosaur. And there's a trailer also, which I didn't watch for Alex Garland's new one with Jesse Buckley, which I didn't get a chance to watch. It's called Men and it's a horror film and I like it already. I think it's about what a bunch of shits men are. So I'm in. I'm on board. You have subscribed to the newsletter. Yeah. I also watched uh, a few weeks ago. I watched, finished watching Devs, which is Garland's TV show on Disney Plus, And I really like okay. it. Okay. That's one I've been meaning Did to check out now. I haven't had a chance to look at it. Okay. Offerman in that? Uh, yep. Or Don Conroy, as we've, as I figured out. You figured out that Don Conroy assumed the alias of Nick Offerman. Is Nick Offerman. He's Nick Offerman. He's not fooling anybody. Uh, for our international listeners, face Don Conroy is a uh, TV children's art teacher. Is that fair to say? How would you describe him? They both look like owls. Also, <laughs> they do. They look like owls. They do. You know they do. I I, I can't argue with it. Um, in Ireland, there were two. Bro- well, maybe there were. Th- well, depending on your age group, there was Frank Clark would teach watercolor. And uh, Don Conroy was teaching cartooning and drawing nature stuff. I think a lot of art kids in Ireland ended up with like Draw With Don books. Irish comic artist Will Sliney is making a play for that throne at the moment. There's Draw With Will, which is the result of his Twitch channel focusing on kids during the early part of the pandemic. He's a good example of somebody. Remember when I said at the very start, it was just like there's people who are going to pivot in some way and come out of this fucking shining like the billionaires did like the billionaires did yeah but like i also like look at like tony cantwell as an irish comedian and like he he was doing well enough and all before the pandemic but he started doing like a little morning show on youtube i don't know how long he did that for i watched a few episodes when i was like you know starting to deal with the work from home thing but there was definitely part of me that's like he's creating a little like show reel of like i'm a tv host here and again, maybe it's Irish specific for any listeners out there, but he's working with PlayStation. He's doing a thing with a PlayStation. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah. So like I'm scrolling through Twitter and he's doing basically a chat show format. And he was talking to on PlayStation. Yeah, I actually saw him talking to Sliney on yeah. um, an installment of it. Because Sliney's the big Spider-Man artist and he did a lot of like tie-in stuff uh-huh. with um, Morales and PS5 and all that stuff. I see. Yeah, like Sliney was, you know, Sliney got a PS5 very early on. <laughs> Tied in everything, branded with spiders, men all over it. How do we get onto this? What are we talking about? Uh, Nick Offerman, devs, men, men, men. Devs. fucking men. Nick Offerman, the worst. Owls. You're trying Don to talk Conroy. about owls and suddenly men fuck up your train of thought. Nick Offerman is actually Don Conroy, but we'll, we'll, we'll couch that conversation for another day. Uh, devs, on Disney Plus um, I liked it a lot don't know what to say about it not for everybody definitely well what 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 is um, the premise of devs because I don't know what it is like I've got a like picture of it, like oh what was the name of the AI oh god X Machina, Machina thank you yeah you know it's got some of yeah. that imagery to it but yeah I, th- I think if you if you're familiar with Garland's stuff and you like it You'll probably like this, I think. If you don't like his stuff, I doubt you'll like it. But the basic kind of plot premise is a woman is investigating, not even investigating, she just suspects that her 
developer boyfriend was murdered by the software company that he's working at because he had just been made a part of this kind of elite team of developers in this Silicon Valley type type of type company dev team yeah okay yeah yeah a bit a bit more like the company's a bit more they don't have a like I don't think it's supposed to represent kind of any one software company but they're they're just they're large and they've got a lot of freedom because of money or whatever but uh her boyfriend had just been made a part of this kind of elite team of developers in within the company and he kills himself shortly after but she suspects foul play and then saying kind of any more than that would be spoiling it but I really cool. like how many episodes is it my kind of thing i think there was only eight okay. i think it's weird with that where i'm like I really don't like. I really want six episode series. For some reason, when I see seven and eight episodes, I'm like, two more episodes. I'm so tired. I should. It shouldn't be that way. Like the fact that Boba Fett had a seventh episode. Just be glad it's. Like, just be glad it's not thirteen. Remember thirteen episodes. Yeah. That's too much. too much. I think you know some shows could put it off. I think The Wire might have had thirteen, ten or thirteen. Mm. The Wire made use of every minute. I would say. I feel like Deadwood might have had 10, though. They might have all had 10. 10, 10 was a thing. There's much, some, there's some shows. Yeah. There are some shows where I just... I, I like a six-episode run. It's just six episodes is a sweet spot for me. And I, I know that this is... This is pretty niche broadcasting right here. This is very narrow casting. But I like a six-episode. I think it's too short myself. Six. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's too short. I think if you're going to tell a story that short, you could probably just make a two-hour movie rather than six well, episodes. You're looking at six hours of content otherwise, right? Up to six hours. But it's not six hours. Up it's never six hours. It's 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 never six hours. It's 40 to 50 yeah. minutes yeah. max. You might have one episode that goes over that, but it'll be a pilot or a... I, I like six in theory. I just, you I just haven't seen it. You don't feel it delivers okay. six right. yet. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Loki had some filler, but that's that's that was that's six. the thing. It's like people are finding it hard to fill fucking six episodes. So when I get eight, I'm that's like, what I'm saying. What if, are you if, doing if with eight? but but if but the thing is, if you're doing six, make a movie. If if you're, but otherwise do eight and tell a broader story is what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Like I'm I'm looking for the moment, sort of halfway through a series, where like they nearly capture the bad guy, or they nearly get something else, and then he gets away at this point. You know, I'm trying to look for that little like trope or pattern build where it's like, we almost had him and now we have to kill another two episodes. And it's like, if we got him here, the series would end right here. You know, and it's like, I think we could have ended it right there. Um, I'm starting, I'm starting to spot that in things where I get annoyed that like they catch people and let them go. Like how many times did Jessica almost have Kilgrave in the first season? Mm. Like there's, a, yeah. there's two or three times that David Tennant is basically caught and gets away. And I'm like, can we just, yeah. can we just get and this break? But that that was thirteen episodes, so that's five episodes too many. So let's jump straight into Boba Fett. Ye assholes! What? <laughs> please, please tell me you talked about Boba no. Fett. No, nope. Oh, pieces of shit. Why have you not seen it and you're looking forward to it, or you just don't want to sit through I'm it? Not, I'm, no, I, I, I like I, I'm an, I'm an hour late, and because uh, I was working, I thought you would have covered stuff that I haven't been a part of. And, uh, what I was out, Kevin. Kevin, when do these conversations ever, ever, like 
go smoothly. Well, there's just no point in me being here. I can't contribute. Well, all right. What, what did you watch this week? Tell us what you watched. And we'll start with that. Or you could just tell you could just tell us what your dream Boba Fett show is, and uh, we'll, we'll tell you that this isn't for that. Sakes, because <laughs> it's not this. Fucking not. Well, Rich, Rich in, Star, in, in Sub City swears by it, and he loves it. And that guy has Star Wars tattoos from before I was of, of Boba Fett and a different kind of bounty hunters and stuff since before I was even. Yeah, he's it, had so, the. Oh, what's the name of the beast? The like the skull on the on the arm. He has that, doesn't he? The mudhorn thing is it? Are you talking about in the Mandalorian? Uh, Boba Fett's. Uh, it's the name of the. Oh, he's got a thing as well. Yeah. Okay. They all have a sigil, you know, or they can have a sigil. Mythosaur, I think, is the name of the skull. Mythosaur skull, I think, is the thing. I don't think there's much to say about it because. Uh, well, see, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it and, you know, like we know it's the same teams who've done good stuff previously. I think it was just rush, rushed. Disney Disney have Netflix in their sites. They need content and they they rushed this out. Um, I don't think there's a lot to say other than that. Like it's, it's there's fan service in the last episode. It was fine. I'm not a huge Star Wars person anyway, so... Stuff didn't land with me, but I didn't hate it. There's lots of stupid stuff in it, like this giant mech can't smash down a wall where a bunch of people are hiding behind. Like, just silly stuff because they they couldn't come up with a better, tense, dramatic situation to put people in because they didn't have the time. Um, Boba Fett's too passive. He's way too passive. I think they're trying to do something between... Something between the Godfather and Unforgiven and not landing any of it. He's because they didn't have the time. That I think it that that's the only thing I can think of because they do so much better stuff with the Mandalorian. It's so because they, they just got the of, wrong tack entirely for Boba Fett, for me anyway. It's like they felt like we've done we've established our Mandalorian show and he's doing this thing that otherwise we would want Boba Fett to do which is you know episode of the week adventure kind of craziness in and out of fucking the criminal underworld maybe with an arc to it so let's go a different direction and just have him try and do this gangster thing but it doesn't work and I know that people are like I I know you just come off like a fucking nerd that's being a an asshole or whatnot but like just leave the fucking helmet on him. We did not fall in love with Jeremy Bullock's face. Just put the fucking helmet on him. You proved with the fucking Mandalorian that we will follow a protagonist wearing Ooh. a helmet. Jeremy Bullock played Boba Fett in the original uh, movies. Um, He's dead now. Well, yes. Okay. But it's it's honestly like he doesn't do enough that we need to see his face. And the opening of this scene, the first time we see him in the burnt-out remnants of the, the bar, he is holding his rifle in his right hand, slung at that weird angle that he always slings out, or like the sort of like casual like resting angle. And then he's holding his helmet in his left hand, and he honestly looks like your mate that's brought too many bags with him and just has to carry his shit around. Like he looks uncomfortable and weighed down by his own props. If you ever saw like the sketch of like Doom Guy carrying all the guns that are supposed to be in his arsenal where he's got a fucking backpack up behind him, it looks that. He looks uncomfortable just weighed down by props. 
and it's just frustrating and there's there's elements as well where it's like I've had discussions with people where it's like, oh, this director did an amazing job with it and this director did an amazing job with it and it saved the episode. And it's like, I think this... I'm not sure that directors are making a huge difference, but that being said, three episodes directed by Robert Rodriguez and each one of them, I came out of it going, well, this one wasn't strong. Who directed it? And it was Rodriguez. And there's an element with it where I'm like, it's sloppy. It's it's sloppy and careless about little things like... and. I, I know I sound like a fucking pedant, but, like, Fennec Shang rides off on a speeder bike to support the mods. Rides off into the distance. And then she rescues the mods and snipes some people, and everybody looks up, and she's up on a rooftop sniping, and amazing. She does a somersault off the roof and gets on her speeder bike, which is parked two feet from them. So she she rolled up two feet from the mods. They didn't notice her rolling into the battle scene. Then she got up on a roof, shot some people. It's just that, like we're not supposed to give a shit about these continuity. It's not errors, but it's just lazy. Like in animation, it would be a hookup. Like that wasn't in the shot before. But that's what I'm saying. It, 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 they, they don't have enough time to come up with mm. a good, dramatic set piece. So people were just hiding behind a vehicle, hiding behind a wall, hiding behind another wall. Like it's, it's, it's the same problem. It. it there's a point where it's not pedantic because you're just watching people do the same thing and it doesn't make any logic within in the world you're breaking the, the world like when, when this machine can you know kick people to death and it's shooting at them while they're behind a wall and they can't get a shot off of it because mm-hmm. it's got a shield and it's just standing there when it could just stomp all of them yep if there's enough happening, you won't notice those type of things moment to moment. But when none of it's kind of particularly compelling or engaging, you're going to go, why doesn't that thing just walk over there and, and step on all of them? Why can't its lasers shoot through rock? What's what's going on here? This, yeah. this makes no it's, sense. It's, there's two or three moments where they like try and establish some sort of rapport between uh, the mod and the red leggings and the Freetown person who's like shooting with like, they, they've got a little like, one line each piece piece of banter it's like it's too late in the series to try and build rapport between characters and make us like this fucking sniper on a rooftop let's just can we stick to the fucking story amy sedaris was great amy sedaris is great her character is well established she's just doing what she has to do you know and um, i love that she spat yeah. up the tooth <laughs> black chrysanthemum got shot so much and was fine he showed up battle wearied limping with one foot behind it had the, to be pulled in there's a point where he's limping foot and you can see the sole of his foot and he it looks like he's wearing those big novel yeah. slippers because <laughs> he yeah. basically is and it just looks stupid. but it's Wookies but stupid. they've established in this moment that he is at death's door he has been shot he has been dragged off a battlefield put behind a wall and then they're like run and he just gets up and then proceeds to fight for the next 20 minutes and you know it's stupid to be calling it out, but it's like these. If you if he's a death store, then someone needs to be nursing him, trying to keep him safe for the next twenty minutes. Not like it just breaks the sense of any tension if it's just fucking Power Rangers. I guess is like it was just. I think there has. I think there was more drama in episodes of Power Rangers than in that thirty-five minutes mm-hmm. of Street Battle. Thirty-five minutes. I I, and then. The fucking post-credits thing was like, what the fuck are we doing? They're going to take more time to plan out the Timothy Oliphant show. 
basically. Boba Fett will be a one and done season and we'll get the Team of the Elephant show. Team of the Elephant, dead wired. He kills Boba Fett, takes the armor back. Because <laughs> he's now he's now going to be a mech because they have to they showed this Thundercat with the fucking mm-hmm. dear Disney, I love you very much and always have. I subscribe to your tyrannical monopoly and um I'm I'm grateful for all you give us. Please stop. Just take your time. We're in no rush. You can think generationally. They can't. They they, they need to wipe Netflix out. That's they what don't, they can't, they won't. They can buy Netflix ultimately, but like, I don't, just, just slow down. You don't, you don't need to rush these things. No, it's an aggressive business plan. That's what they're doing. Kevin, you're sick of our Boba Fett mm-hmm. bullshit. You feel like you're made to sit silently while we review the Star War of the week. Well, how was your week? I worked. I didn't watch anything this week. You must have watched something. No, I I was, I can't think. I don't know. My brain's fried. I I didn't watch anything Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, and it's Thursday now. Um, I talked to you guys last Thursday, and on Friday. Are uh, you watching The Bachelor or the Great British Pottery Throwdown? What is it you were watching with Emer? Something creative. No. no. Okay. Oh Jesus Christ! You know you came in and said. Stop talking about the thing I can't contribute to, and now I've just told us we ca- I can't contribute to any of the things that you're about to talk about. Um, Brian, are you okay? Dog fart. <laughs> Marla farted. Oh my it's god! Foul. Well, Aiden called that pretty accurately. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> now she's embarrassed. She's walking. Away. That's so funny. She probably needs to poop. Um. Hang on. She now. knows what to do. Did you read a comic? Um, oh, actually, I was. I started to read Bitter Root. Okay. Um, Sanford Green, is it? Yes, yeah, yeah. How does Brian know everything? Um, <laughs> it's very, very good. Uh, uh, he's a phenomenal artist mm. as well. He's so good. I saw his uh, image of Wonder Man. He probably he did it ages ago, but I saw his drawn of Wonder Man. And I just can't get it out of my head. It's so good, Wonder Man. Did Sanford Green character. whatever happened to him? Do the um, Silver Surfer run? Who am I thinking of there? Silver Surfer Black. Uh, isn't that like Danny Cates and or what's that man's? I thought Cates. Trad Moore did the recent Trad Moore Silver did. Surfer one. Unless there's a different one you're talking no, about. No, you could be right. I, I get Trad like, there's a few of these people like Andrew McLean, Trad Moore, and um, Sanford Green. I get these few people mixed up because I kind of discovered them around the same time. Okay. Um, uh, Sanford, well, I only, I've only, I guess, really discovered uh, Sanford, Sanford Green now because of uh, Bitterroot and stuff. Um, but uh, it is a great book. Um, What's the premise of the book? That. Uh, the Sangria, I could be pronouncing that wrong. The Sangria family are a family based in Harlem in the 1920s. And um, they are responsible for uh, basically exercising demons out of people. And they use a thing called the bitter root. So basically the more corrupt and evil a soul becomes, the more they kind of turn into a thing called a Gino. Uh, J-I-N-O, I think it is. And... Uh, they basically turn into demons and they fight them but they they purify them 
but there's one of the Sangria family members is kind of down south and kind of gone rogue and he doesn't purify them he amputates so he just kills them straight out and uh, in the in like the oh, maybe first or second issue um, he kind of stops a uh, black person getting lynched by the KKK kind of um, group and uh, they all kind of turn into monsters and he fights them off and stuff but uh, it's so good and like kind of basically the idea is like kind of these genos will get pissed off to find out there's somebody like killing them off uh, but your man's just like there's not enough bit of root to, to not fight them off uh, loads of stuff happens one of them gets affected by a new kind of demon that turns into one of these genos one of the one of the sangria family members but it's really really good i'm 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 paying i always feel like i can't explain things very well but uh the artwork is brilliant and i love the coloring the colors are awesome i really really love it yeah uh i picked up a few of the books of the weekend and um yeah uh james heron posted about it the guy who done ultra mega and was the artist on rumble and all that kind of stuff he posted about it and um uh i was like yeah, okay i'll check it out and i went into town i just i just was like cool that looks so great so i bought it i also read a hellboy one shot this week Um, i picked it up in town uh it was a sweet little story hellboy 1957 i think it's called and it's uh putting a soul to rest uh it's, it's just come out this week but it's about uh they go to a, a, a potter's field um that's haunted by a, a specter and it's them trying to put the soul to rest and it's a nice little one shot and it's cool and the artwork was really nice um, story by Mignola is it? Name. I think yeah you know when Mignola kind of it's like he's, he's almost taking a Stanley approach to the Hellboy universe at this stage which is taking you know credit I mean? for other people's ideas um, Stanley never did that I, I, I don't know like I, I, I listen to so much stuff about Stanley and Jack Kirby and Dicko and all that kind of stuff and at the end of the day like none of it would have happened without any of them yes yeah, no, like, um, I know what you're saying about Mike Minola. Like, he kind of announced a sort of quasi-retirement as well, didn't he? Like, he's doing a lot of painting and stuff. Um, Like, he still does covers. He did a great cover for Bitter Root, actually. Um, we have a guest artist in the studio who talks him, Mike Mignola. Who what? Who talks him. Uh, he was in the running for doing a, a, a Hellboy story with Dark He, he what? He talks to him. He's in, con- talks he's to in him. communication. Gotcha. That's not what he said. Wait, what is... Wait, what you skipped say? like the middle word and part of the third it, word. It's a, it sounded like he said talks like him first, and then you just said talks him, and it sounded like he maybe poisons him yeah. or something. Oh. Until the, the talks he him. talks him, Mike Nagnola. <laughs> Stop. I've had a really long day. I'm so tired. I need to come home to this bullshit. He talks to Mike Minola at one stage. He was in a potential process of doing a book uh, doing a Hellboy book amazing with, with McNola yeah um, it didn't happen for whatever reasons did it fall uh, through yeah it fell through yeah but uh, uh, I know but he, he knows um, the creator or he knows the artist on Black Sad oh, cool. uh, and a few other big Spanish artists and stuff uh, cool a shout out to Pedro his name is Pedro Pedro's a lovely 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 guy lovely person lovely what's his inst- what's his insta do we know where's Pedro from he's from he's from Spain he's from near the Basque region I think of Spain or else he is in the Basque region I'm gonna Spain. google Pedro uh, on the internet San Pedro so he might not like being called Spanish maybe mm, no he, he's okay with that okay. okay Um, I got I got him I found him Pedro Spanish soccer player San San Pedro 
Sanchez85 on Instagram. Oh, there's and, more than uh, one. He is, he's a very talented, lovely, lovely book. And he's a phenomenal artist, illustrator, illustrator. He's a real artist. He's a, he's not a tattoo artist. He's a real artist. He's a tattoo artist. But... <laughs> <laughs> is he, he's a guest artist in the shop? Doing yes. tattoos? Yeah, but he's... Yeah, Do but you he's want me to cut the really phrase, good. he's a real artist, not a tattoo artist, just based on the industry you work no. on? No, leave it in. No, 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 You're just willing in. to make that I mean, statement about every it, tattoo artist not being a real artist, he, okay? He can say it because he works in it. <laughs> yeah, if any, if any, if any tattoo artist wants They to know what they are. Yeah, if anyone <laughs> tattoo artist wants to get at me, you know, get at me. It whatever. stays in the picture. I know this, this guy, you know, this guy, this guy is great. Like, he's just, he's a, you know, he's like, he's just a real, he's your artist artist is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I know what you mean. He wears yeah, a beret. Tattoo artist artist. Uh, he doesn't, but he does wear dungarees, which I'm quite jealous of. I should be talking about this Very man cool. like this, anyways. He's a really great guy. <laughs> Tell us more about why you love him. Oh yeah, uh, he's just so nice and sweet. He's great. Got a good heart. You can tell. Good person. Shout out to Pedro. Um, I uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of. I I geez, I'm trying to think of what I watched last Saturday or Sunday. I I know. Um. I'm pretty sure oh, you were watching something. Oh, I feel like I was talking. I was watching Murderville. Murderville. Okay, that's great. That's watched... on the list. We've watched Murderville. How are you finding it? Um, well, I really enjoyed the first episode. I didn't watch anything after that because I was waiting for Emer. But I did watch some of the British episodes because my brother, shout out to Brendan, hates it. He hated the American one. He said it's rubbish. He loves the British one and hates the American one. Interesting. He said he doesn't know why he hates it. He should like it, but he just hates What's it. What's the name of the English one? I know I sent it to the uh, chat, but I can't remember what it was Mur- called. Murder in Successful. Murder in Successful. Something like that, yes. Is it not Murderville, though? I don't know, Brian. I don't, I don't write the show. Well, the first episode was Conan O'Brien and mm-hmm. Will No Al Hartnett. Will, Jill, I've forgotten his name. Will Hartnett. Will Hartnett. I confused myself. Um... Uh, so the premise of the show is everybody in the cast has a script and is playing a role to solve a murder or a crime scene and a celebrity guest is the co-detective who has no script and has to solve the murder based on the evidence they see in the scene. Conan O'Brien, very funny. I like Marshawn Lynch as well. Um, I liked his, his take take charge attitude. Um, did you watch it all? Yeah, I, I did. Brian? Yep. Did I you did. like it? I did, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's yep. just mad. Oh, well, what about Benny didn't like it? Benny, let us know why you didn't like it. Well, there were, there were some episodes where some of the cast or some of the, like, the, the improvising guest is really kind of quite passive to what's going on around them. I think probably they're just trying not to laugh as much as anything else. I, I think there's a lot they couldn't use because I think they were probably breaking so mm. much, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> oh, look, it's got to be tough. Like, they are only human. It's gotta be tough. Yeah. Like Conan Bryan did a very, very good job for the first episode. The only thing I would say is like, I think, I think it'd be better. You know, with just my from my fr- my perspective on the first episode is like, I think it'd be better almost if you drop that person in the world of a kind of a comedy but like real crime show, because sometimes uh, Will Arnett like is like too far and too jokey and too extreme, and I think it'd be funny if they're almost a part of this narrative. But with putting them in weird situations and doing funny stuff, like you know, if it, if there was if it was a lot of it was improvised, but there was still an actual like, you know, if it was Brooklyn Nine Nine, there was an actual storyline and all that kind of stuff. But the partner every week was dropped into it. Do you know what I mean? 
I think that's kind of what it's going there is for. A bit of it. But I think it kind of I think but I think yeah. Will Arnett goes a little bit too far. He should like it's like kind of like his character should be a little bit more in character as opposed to how far and zany yeah. can go. I I do know what you're saying. At the same time I'm sort of going watch episode 2 and you will get the sense okay. that there is there is something of an arc happening. Yeah. Um because I I I kind of wanted to get a bit weirder and looser yeah. even because if you watch any interviews with Arnett and he just like starts riffing and stuff. And I felt like, I felt like I've seen him riff more in interviews than he did in any single episode mm-hmm. of the show. Okay. Fair, fair. I feel like he I actually think the biggest he went is Conan reacting to the card trick. <laughs> yeah. He just freaks out about well, real yeah. magic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, look, I enjoyed it. I just, I just trying to be um, nitpicky in a sense. But, but uh, that's the thing. I, I think I more of that more. is, is better um or just even like the the running joke like the the tommy tune running joke <laughs> i never got to see tommy tune on broadway he's a song and dance man real all-rounder <laughs> um just anim- yeah i liked it i just i just want to see more I, I thought sharon stone was great as well actually she seems, she's in it no way yeah yeah i thought she was quite funny yeah. She she had a different kind of energy, but it worked with with Arnett. Mm. I think just simple stuff like he, he had a box, he had a load of boxes, and he kind of wanted to hand them to her, and she was like, "No, I'm good." And it just put him on the back foot, and yeah, I thought she was quite good. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. There that. was a there, there was a little bit of like she was completely willing to take part in the story, but she wasn't willing to take any of his shit. But then you then you can kind of see her get into it a bit more. Later on as well. well there, there's, there's a point. Seems like she's playing along a yeah, bit more. With the, it. the point where they visit the body on the table and she just starts tweaking the, the its morgue, nipples yeah. and the guy is trying to play dead and she's got, he's, oh my he's God. got Sharon Stone and Will Arnett tweaking his nipples. Oh. And oh you just see it sort of, just eyes trying not to laugh. I wonder how much of that shit they did to that body <laughs> and how much of it they kept because he uh, you were right Kevin Murder in Successful was the name of the the British one and it's listed as having run from 2015 to 2017 so maybe two seasons of it there to, to check out I I watched some of it on YouTube and it was well, because I didn't want to watch Murderville without Emer uh, so I watched some of it on YouTube and it was very very funny I just googled then a I picture of Tommy Toon and um, I kind of want his suit it's a very Aiden drawing in the waiting. I don't know what I don't know yeah, what that means or how to take very theatrical hands. You're, is a song, you're, you're a song and dance man. Yeah, more Murderville, more Will Arnett. Yeah, I think there's no reason in hell that one doesn't get another season. It's, it's just it's easy and it's fun and it's like even like it's even funny from the standpoint of like yeah, you can absolutely play along. You can solve this murder. And when people get it right and people get it wrong is quite funny. Yeah, I was enjoying I, I was enjoying like kind of um what I saw of uh, the murder for successful people getting right and wrong and stuff very very good. Kumail definitely tried to play it straight for a lot of it. Like he was trying to like not do goofy shit. He really had to get pushed. It seemed, you know, in his new. But I suppose he always had the sort of like, like downbeat kind of energy to stuff. But like it did feel like, like too big to be stupid. Now are you? You're a superhero. <laughs> Won't do a silly walk without really getting pushed to do it. Did you watch Pam and Tommy? Kevin, any of that? No, 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 no. no. I, w- I wouldn't watch that now. No. Why would you not watch that? Oh, no, no. Didn't they have a toxic relationship? Well, no, they got married after four days. What are you talking about? They loved each other. 
intensely. Yeah, i I am not I am not the guy to come to for a moral stance on things, but there is something weird about this that I'm like I don't know why. It just feels weird and voyeuristic, and it felt weird and voyeuristic in the '90s when, for some reason, like I was 11 and I knew that Pamela Anderson had a sex tape. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, like there was a. I was talking to somebody about this as well. I was like, I remember being really young, and you just knew people were on fucking television. But for some way, through osmosis in the culture, I knew that I knew of one sex tape existing in the world. One famous person had sex, and it was Pamela Anderson. And when I do think about that and go. That was weird. That was weird that I could know that without no internet, no whatever. It's like, how did that fucking? But that, that's what the show's about. I know. The show's about that moment. The way um, that it's per- right. pervaded. Like it, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I, 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 the way the way it became the the thing it was, you know. But I think it's just I don't know. There's something about it that I remember thinking it was fucked up when I was a kid and fucked up as a teenager and fucked up now. And it's I think it's fucked up to make a show about it again. So it it doesn't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not drawn to watch it, even though I like the cast and, by all means, it's or by all accounts, it's a strong production. I would say it's not what you think it is, if if that's your, if that's your kind of initial reaction to it. I would say you are probably thinking it's a different type I of show. I don't. The thing is, I don't know what it is. I'm reacting to my relationship with the story historically, where I'm kind of like, I don't really want any more of this story. But, well, that's obnoxious. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what the story of the show is. I don't know what the. It, it, it's a it's a bizarre story. It's, but no, I don't. In all seriousness, though, I got, I kind of took it more like in that kind of thing of like, uh, do you know the movie? I think it's called The Queen with Helen Mirren, and it's basically much. It's pretty much like in the wake of uh, Diana's death and how they how they learned and reacted and dealt with it and all that kind of stuff i kind of took it as like it's pretty much a serious drama of that moment in their lives of how that tape came to be and how the media they were treated media and all that kind of stuff like I, I kind of took it more as a serious kind of drama perspective on there mm, no and no. now someone who has watched Not some quite. of it will tell us about it <laughs> brian it's not. It's not quite that. It, it, it's more of a snapshot of minus the talking penis. How they got to know each other, and then why the tape was stolen in the first place, and the events leading up to that, and then their battle to try stop the tape being distributed. Has anybody seen it? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen it. To be honest, I have. <laughs> oh wait, oh. you mean the show? <laughs> no, I mean, I've seen that, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the thing. Like the the tape is their honeymoon. And it's it's them like skinny dipping and stuff, and it's it's this very private moment, you know. And it's 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 weird that you know it, it's weird given that we were talking about the Gawker and Hulk Hogan thing yeah. uh, a week ago that Hogan had the backing of a billionaire and, as we said, you know, wiped Gawker out of existence, and this tape was stolen from them and. They got denied injunction after injunction to get it blocked and to to like stop it being distributed. That's so and awful, isn't it? It it's crazy that that yeah that you know because at the same time the same weekend I was watching that and I watched the Tinder swindler uh, oh, about yeah. this guy who scammed women on Tinder out of millions. And spoiler for the end of that, but no, put them back in, put them back in, <laughs> put them in. It's a real story, so you have to listen. It's a case. Nobody wants to watch it. You don't get... You, yeah, but you, you, you don't get to not know how it ends. Go on, Brian. 
the, the guy the guy gets away with it basically and nobody the, these women are still paying off hundreds of thousands Jesus. of debt um even though they know where this guy is and they know what crimes he's committed and he he gets away with it and it's just it's this weird thing that like just there were certain laws and rights that the court kind of doesn't give a shit about uh protecting you you know you don't think unless like- you've got the backing of billionaires whatnot or else it's like it's like you know like you know uh hulk hogan uh is a man therefore you know oh god that's awful his sex tape was released pam anderson is a sex symbol so why wouldn't it be released no because it was it was tommy lee as much as as her i know know? but like kind of she was more in fact in fact it was the talking point i heard all the time about it when it came out was it was the size of his dick was the selling point more than than anything else i remember I don't know. I can't remember. People, you know, I think she'd been naked a couple of times already in, in various magazines and pieces of literature. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's, he was, what I'm saying is I, I don't think it was the fact that it was a woman. Um, okay. No, I'm just trying to say like maybe with, maybe and like with the Tinder swindlers, I kind of, you know, everybody's needs a con artist. Yeah, it's awful. But it's a similar thing happening as well with, um, you know, and it's it's kind of today, like with Emily Ratajkowski had a couple of shots that a, a photographer had taken of her, and there were ones that were only supposed to be used for the editorial for the magazine, but he kept these other images of her. Which the idea is that you know, if he takes these photos, the only ones he owns or gets to hold on to are the ones that are used for yeah, print. Of course, and he he published a book of her, like a load of new photos of her, and he's published tens of thousands of copies of this book that she hasn't been able to block the distribution production or selling of it and she gets no percentage of That's profits from it fucking and horrendous fucking fucked it's absolutely it's 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 wild you know because you you can kind of talk about what happened with Pam and Tommy being you know maybe a problem with the internet just being this burgeoning thing that you know we hadn't really considered rights around mm. you know content online and all of that kind of stuff but no like decades later we're still kind of trampling on unless you've got unless you've got a billionaire you know Backing fighting in, in your yeah. corner um go fuck Jeez. yourself i saw apparently. i saw a tiktok um the other day and i was talking about that uh, i was uh do you know that song everybody dance now yes uh, don't that, let him go say, sing it again give us the I whole song the rest of it I want to no, dance. I don't know the rest of it. Um, that that lady's voice was <sighs> the lady in the music video basically is a supermodel, and it was a mini yep. vanity type scenario, and uh, the woman was kind of the woman who sang and it didn't get any. Yeah. yeah, and it was that wasn't even the first time it happened to her. It was the second. Yeah, time it was it because she's got the song uh, right on time. Is mm. her as well? Uh, I think it's her as well. And I think so. Yep. The same thing. They use a model mm-hmm. for all the stuff. And they said, like, oh, we're just using her voice as a sample to show the artist how to sing it. Oh. But then they just used her voice. And it's like the <laughs> second time, which is awful. So by the time that everybody dance now, a couple of years later, anytime that was shown on the likes of MTV, they had to have a disclaimer saying that the voice was of X. But it's very, very sad. And it's shit. Fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. It's a, it was a, it was a, basically, it was a, it was a pretty terrible uh like I haven't heard of that situation before. It's pretty terrible, and uh, like you know, the stuff that they were saying about the woman on on TV was basically like, well, she just had less appeal uh, to uh, to uh, you know 
commercial audience or whatever so it's just like uh you know that's why and like they said it in such a horrible way you know you know what i mean like it's just god almighty fucking the poor woman and it happened to her twice she's an incredible voice but um i don't know the name of, of any of the people involved to be honest but uh i know the song but what else have you been up to you've been working a lot working a lot did you have you working have you gone on any walks have you have you uh gone anywhere did you get any food anywhere did you did you poop did yourself you, did you did you recently did you poop outdoors in the woods no 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 nothing really fun guys i'm sorry i did see a picture of a large pickle that was cut in half and someone had put a hot dog inside it but mustard on top of it and that that was that was that was pretty interesting did you eat any interesting sandwiches did you see a show mm, no i didn't do anything. see any friends anyone anyone no, cool come into the shop pedro <laughs> brian have you been out have you seen anybody have you have you gone anywhere done anything hard no we got some listener questions. Did you go through them? I'll let you uh, introduce the listener's question section. Give us a little jingle first, though. Listener's question section. Beautiful. Camera Country, who has gotten in touch with us before, uh, asked, what was the last film you watched that was so bad you lost sleep over it? And they say, cannot recommend or cannot recommend never going to see Moonfall enough. Oh, God. I saw like a headline for Moonfall where somebody was just like, the reason everybody loves disaster films. And I'm like, I don't think they do. I mean, he's been trying to make disaster film after disaster film after disaster film since Independence Day, right? Like this is the same guy that did 2012 and the day after tomorrow. And that was a hit, though. I'm sure they've all made money. But they're all, like, escalating in scale. Like, 2012 was the world sort of ecological disaster. No, that's the day after tomorrow. That was both of them. This is the moon falling into Same the time. earth, though, right? But it also seems to be a alien ship or some shit. I can't, I can't deal with it. Halle Berry, though. She's back. Did she ever go away? Uh, I don't know, Brian. I haven't been in touch with. Her you haven't been in touch with Halle. No. Um, I love the, I love Halle Berry. As much as Pedro. Okay. Yes. I love lots of people. So, is there a movie that you've found was so bad that you keep thinking about it? You can't get it out of your head. It's it's not. I suppose keeping you from your sleep is a is a tough sell, but. I did, I did see a trailer for a movie. I'm sure I watched some bad movies recently, so this is really annoying me. I'll have to, I might have to go and ask Emer. But um, uh, I did see uh, a movie on Shudder, which is a horror themed streaming service, um, and it was called Meander, and it's a woman gets abducted and she's put into a contraption, which is essentially just a giant hamster tube type of thing. And she has a countdown watch on her wrist. So she can only spend X amount of time in each section or something will happen to her. And she's being forced to crawl through this 
tube um through different kind of torture methods and all that kind of stuff sounds uh, like it cube. looks horrendous yeah, did somebody yeah. pitch it looks cube as tube tube and called it meander to, yeah meander yeah so there was that i feel like i watched something really i think we watched some awful horror oh i watched malignant oh that was okay brian you're right malignant was was horrendous fucking speed racer pretty bad shut Shut up we've had a year of this you're wrong you know you're wrong i watched i watched uh paranormal activity uh the latest one that wasn't great more more often than not when i see a bad film i just go that's a bad film and i stop thinking about it the ones i think about are the ones that could have been good or could have been better with very little changed you know like i know that the green lantern movie isn't a great film by any fucking stretch of the imagination in fact many people think it's dog shit but i remember watching it and going right so we've had three opening sequences in a row here and we could have jumped 15 minutes in and started here and we'd have got all the information we got in the last 10 minutes and we could have just started the movie here like there's things like that where like i mean that movie's 10 years old at this point but i still think about the fact that like if you cut out that first section of it you cut 10 minutes off the film and we don't lose anything information wise so you're just like it's where i see something blatant that could make a film better like i i know i'm not um i know i am not the um i'm not in the majority in this one but i think casino royale should have ended 20 minutes earlier I, I, I was over for me the story was finished after he you know rescued Ava Green and and you know was recovering and whatnot and it's like I could I, I don't think it's the stuff afterwards the Venice I don't stuff. think the stuff afterwards is bad I think it just it takes too long a pause in yeah. between it yeah. is the problem because what happens in Venice needs to happen for the rest of the story but it just it it grinds the film to a halt mm-hmm. and then it picks it back up I, in Venice I did uh when my leg was broken, I put those two Bond movies into Adobe Premiere and I cut the 20 minutes off the end of it, put it on the start of Quantum of Solace. And so the... Does this look like a depressed person <laughs> to you? Christ. I, I, I made myself a copy of uh, Casino Royale that ends in the recovery center roll credits and then Casino uh, Quantum of Solace opens with the Italy sequence and ends with him standing over the guy and he goes, the name's Bond, James Bond, or we need to talk. And then... Quantum of Solace theme music, car chase, with him in the boot of the car. You need to put that on a USB key somewhere and leave it in the bathroom and just let it out in the world spread yeah. in the wild. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've got my I've got my bespoke um, Daniel Craig Bond version. It's strange. Um, it's just yeah. Uh, yeah, worst film or bad film I've watched lately made me yeah leave a bad taste in my mouth. You know what that that um that stupid crazy love or whatever with Ryan Gosling, Steve Carell, and like all of the above. Yeah. Um, I turned that off. Yeah, that's a problematic was, yeah. movie. That's, What's the that's plot of that film then? No like, because the trailer made it look like a uh, rom com, but when I when it came out, I heard people going, "This has been missold." And if anything, I just uh, thought it was kind of innocuous. But you watched it and said, "This is problematic." And Brian went, "I couldn't watch it. I turned it off." And I don't know what the fuck the film's about or what the issue is. Uh, basically, what I thought the premise of it is essentially a fella and his wife's uh, uh, husband and wife's marriage deteriorates. Uh, As they, they all do. He, yes, Aiden, you're right. Yes, yes, Aiden, you're right. 
Um, Sorry, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, the uh, husband and wife's marriage deteriorates. Uh, they separate. He moves into a new place. He becomes a bit of a drunk in a local bar. Uh, and there's a there's a ladies' man, uh, which is played by uh, the gauze Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Uh, he's like one of these like kind of I don't know what you want to call them. One of these creepy guys who like you know peacock and shit. The game. Do you know that kind of type? Yeah, he's a bit of a pickup artist, kind of. Sorry, Brian, what is it? Pickup artist, kind of. Oh, yes, that's it. He's a pickup artist. That's was this movie it. made at the yeah, sort of height of that trend thing? Like when it was an MTV show or no. a VH1 show or whatever the fuck? No. Okay. I think it was after that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it was he helps Steve Carell, uh, you know, get his game on right uh and be with women and stuff but like kind of doesn't really go that way but then Corel starts kind of um you know things are improving in his relationship with his wife and the wife is seeing somebody but kind of not the kids are all in there the son's a really creepy fucking kid and i just don't get it like it's like he's like i don't care if like all my text messages and my my um approach to her makes her feel uncomfortable i love her and all that kind of stuff and it's just like the kid never learns a lesson he just grows up to be a fucking proud man the, the son the son aggressively pursues the babysitter another girl and then the girl has a thing for i can't remember if it's for corell or gosling corell corell yeah it's for corell yeah and the film is kind of okay with it um i'm like that there might there might be a point later on where they you know address it and say this is wrong but they, for they for really too long don't, don't in think. it, they for too long they kind of make it seem like here are the circumstances under which this kind of thing maybe is acceptable, and it was it was gross. It was gross. Kind of gave it a chance, but it kind of kept cropping up as like, I'm done with this one. It's, it's yeah, this like one. the thing is, I like Gosling. I like Carell. Yeah. I like uh, yep. Amy. Oh, it's not Amy, is it? Emma. Emma Stone. Is it? I'm just guessing. Is it Emma? Yeah, Emma Stone. Yeah, Julianne Moore, Marissa Tomei, yeah, Kevin like Bacon. Yeah, like Julianne Moore. Yeah, like, like the cast is like it, and like they're all they're all kind of good actors and stuff. Of course they are, but uh, but uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just it's kind of. I, I, Ian and I both watched it. Kind of, I walked away from it. Kind of going like, yeah, that's a bit, that's a bit problematic. And quite, I, and you know what? Like, it's just going to happen. It's one of those things because every generation has it. Every decade has it. Uh, you know, when you look back at movies that you liked or older movies that are meant to be good and stuff, you watch them now and it's just like, hmm, yeah, not so great. Yeah, curious. Because, like, it, it's got good like, reviews. Kind of, like, I'm looking at it. But this is the thing. I mean, a lot of people's modern ideas of romance are toxic and come from toxic romantic mm-hmm. movies, you know? Do you think, um, do you think you can watch movies in the context of the time they were made or you can only ever watch things in the context that they're no. made now? Uh, that that's uh, what do you mean? No, it, it depends on what it's about. That there's some stuff you can look at and say, yeah, look, we didn't know, yeah. and you kind of make allowances. But there's other stuff. It's like, no, this this was this always, always wrong. You know, that's and fair. That's we're fair. Pretending. But I'm not talking about this one in particular. But because, yeah, yeah, no, I because know. Because I, mean, I know yeah. if I was watching this one, I don't care. I don't know when this movie came out. I know if I was watching this one, that that child would have freaked me out and would just be like, someone needs to fucking. I think I talked. To, I think I. I'm straight. not sure if I talked about that. It's on here, but I was like, I was thinking about the idea of like over Christmas when I was watching the like, like the best of Morecambe and Wise and stuff on television, and they had like Shirley Bassey on as a big musical number, and like, you know, it, it it's interesting in that era to have like 
massive black artists on as your sort of um you know central um entertainers or whatever the hell and i'm just wondering about what the sort of political climate and dynamics of these were and these were big mainstream productions and there's the two ronnies and there's all of the 60s and 70s british comedy that made it through that we still see playing today and it just kind of occurred to me in that moment it's like oh yeah the black and white minstrel show ran from 1950 something till 1989 or something ludicrous and it's like we'd never see that on television Ever. I've never seen that on television. I'm just aware of it. But it was at the same time as there were shows on trying to be progressive. There was also this like massively yeah, that's, regressive that's thing going on that was hugely, hugely popular. Joe Rogan. And so let's let's keep let's just stay away from all that shit. But I'm just just on the sense of like talking about crazy, stupid love that we just on the sense of uh, just on the sense of the like crazy, stupid love might be doing something where it's like it's a it it seems like what you're describing to me is a film that like in the time when it came out people watched it and didn't really think about it too fucking closely and as we go forward we're going to look back and go what in the fuck we're going it to wasn't that long ago was um 2011 it was it was it was a different time it was a different decade look at look at rihanna and eminem that song was was called out recently for being like problematic and all that kind of stuff you know at the time it was a number one hit i'll tell you a film that I think about as well. I'm still wrong. Go, That's why it's okay. It's why it's okay to, you know, just be honest about stuff you don't like, and say no, this this sucks just because it's popular. Oh yes, and everybody's into it. Yeah, I'm, but you know what I'm saying though. I'm just saying like as in like kind of you know, just because something's popular doesn't make it right. It's essentially what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. A a Thank movie you. that I. I I know I watched this fucking film and the same way I watched that Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie I can't remember these fucking films but the Taron Egerton Robin Hood did you all see that film? No I never did no No that was I think Jimmy, I turned it on and Was it the Jimmy Fox was yeah, in that one? It is dog shit like it is painful to watch it it is like they're 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 training to use bow and arrows in a rapid fire sense and then there's a whole sort of like it's set around the crusade era so there's sort of a lot of like middle eastern stuff but the way that it's shot and the way that they're dressed is clearly designed to parallel british troops in afghanistan today and they move through environments in squads in the same way that like a fire team might move through a, a, if i was watching fucking I don't know, green zone or three kings or something you know what i mean like it's really trying to parallel that sort of like where the troops kind of thing and it's so weird and tone deaf and awful and just it's the same problem with the Kingsmen well that's going to bring us to that which is you know? as easy uh, a segue as we've ever had yeah um, just, this, anyways, just this weirdly thank you, thank you to Camera Country for hitting us up and giving us a listener question uh, yes thank that's you great uh, wherever you may be yes thank you and if anyone else has any questions don't forget you can head over to the instagram at the endless cast and you can just pop them in there either through dm or through comments on posts or send us an email the endless cast at gmail.com speed race was shit you're on the wrong side of history pal you watch your wet mouth you watch your wet mouth Ignorant slut. King's man. Weird. Didn't like it.
Kingsman. Yeah, so singular. The Brian pointed out that the Kingsman has arrived on Disney Plus. This is a sort of long-awaited prequel that kind of got lost in the pandemic. Uh, It's there now, I guess. I I didn't go to the cinema to see it. It is Rafe Fiennes, Jimon Huntsu, uh, Gemma Arterton. I don't know who played the kid. Um, Was that Stanley Tucci? Stanley was, Tucci. Was that Stanley Tucci for a moment? That's was a Stanley weird, Tucci, yeah. I just realised yeah. that's he's barely in the fucking thing. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Matthew Good. Hold the, who was Aaron Taylor Johnson? Risa Fan. Is he Craig He Craven? was the guy that he swapped places with on the front lines. Oh. And then he's there at the end of the... That was Aaron Taylor Johnson. At the I table just, at the end. Fucking white guys all look alike. I love. Like, uh, Conrad was the most base human that you could order. That was like vanilla human. He really was. That. He just. Even the guy in 1917 looked like he'd been slapped a bit. He was at least interesting looking, you know? This movie was fucking frustrating. I watched it when you sort of like asked that anybody watch it. I put it on and you've got a WhatsApp chat. And the only reason I asked was. The only reason I asked was because. I was convinced the villain... I won't spoil it for Kev uh, in case he doesn't want to watch it. Yeah, I love the Kingsman. I was convinced the villain was David Tennant's voice, yeah. at least. Because they kept hiding the face, so it's like, it's not David Tennant, it's somebody else. And I was convinced but it was I'm, James McAvoy. So we're definitely in Scotland. I have a better ear than you for that okay. kind of Well, stuff that's because I don't like to recognize yeah. or hear people. You don't, don't see faces and, and you don't hear yeah. voices. <laughs> Weird tone to this film, just like super pro empire kind of ah oh, that's a shame aren't the english a great bunch of lads i kind of I, I don't um, yeah oh, no. and then weirdly homophobic weirdly homophobic oh i'm out then Fuck no, that well noise. hold on. go and watch it because i think you'll enjoy it but it's <laughs> can't, can't enjoy can't can't say i even like two his favorite things homophobia and, and um the yeah. thing about the pro empire yeah. thing is it's definitely Careful now. <laughs> Careful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, West Bridge. I, yeah. I, yeah. We know where you're, this is going. I, yeah, yeah, fucking jacking. I saw Rafe Fiennes as character. It's pronounced Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Why did that make me laugh that much? Um, uh, I saw Rafe Fiennes as a character who recognized the problems with his own fucking empire. No, absolutely. No, but th- this is the thing. Cause I was because it opens this, with like, the concentration why, why camps I... of the Boer War. So they're definitely no, no, highlighting sh- the no, worst parts no, of Empire. But, but that, that's my point. Is No, but that's the thing. They is, fight to save they're, it. Do- they're doing it in a way that it's like, oh, you know, there's people within the, within the establishment and within the Empire. Okay. I did. Because I was thinking about it the whole time. I was like, why does this not sit well with me? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Kevin, on my screen, you're just to his... You're to his left. Can you just reach across and slap him? Other hand. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I was thinking about it, like immediately it bothered me from the off. And I was like, what's the difference between this and the first Avenger? And for one, he's not fighting Nazis. He's fighting Hydra. So it's set in a parallel version of world history in terms that, yeah, it's World War II, but he's not fighting the Nazis. He's fighting Hydra. And he's very much alone from the U.S. establishment. He's he's at odds with them immediately. Wait, what? Because what the second about? he becomes Captain America, 
I'm talking about Captain America, the first Avenger and that, even though it sits, you could almost accuse it of the same problem right. I have, but first Avenger gets okay, away I with it. Yeah. Kingsman doesn't. It's very pro-America. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. But this is the thing is it, no, it's not because, because Kingsman is set in a very real version of pre-World War One and World right. War One. And just by having a, a, a duke who's criticizing things that, you know, colonies and empire did, immediately it's it's just trying to whitewash and make us forget the fact that, you know, at the time they were committing atrocities mm. all over the world. It's like, well, you know, there's this one guy and his family yeah. and they were they were good guys and they were criticizing these other people. But at the same time, the character that he's criticizing is also his best friend. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, why why does Captain America get away with this? But and it's because one, he's fighting Hydra, so it just there's that distinction straight away because it's not it's not trying to rewrite history; it's telling a fictional history. Whereas Kingsman is very much trying to mm. write and insert insert these heroes, but in the same version of our history, almost, you know. And again, then with Captain America, he's very much. He's he's going against the orders of the establishment and the military, so it's there's there's sorry he, yeah I'll hold this thought go on no it's it's just I I think that's immediately from the start of the film it it, it gets off on the wrong foot because he goes up to the concentration camps and he's criticizing the fact that they have these concentration camps but it's done in very much in a way to kind of say the English are great and. Yeah, just ignore ignore all this stuff that's there's, going on here there's, and put it out There is a problem with this film and like towards the end of it, it gets real simple movie. Here's the goal, here's the team, here's whatever. And there's a sword fight and like it's cool. There's some great stuff in it at that point. Also, Brad Allen, who I mentioned a mm-hmm. week or two ago. The stunt coordinator who worked with Jackie yeah. Chan who passed away. He was the right. stunt. Well, coordinator further evidence. This guy's guy fucking this, cool, and he does great yeah. action. There's there's one yeah. there's one shot in there which is a nice wide, um, fencing shot of the two of them like going at it. But I wanted way more of that. Like I, I wanted like give me that yep. fucking like Tyrone power battle backbone the f- fucking limbic fence. The fight scene I was talking about at the end of that Jackie Chan film where it's. Like the film isn't great, but it's a nine minute fight scene at the end with Brad Allen and Jackie Chan. And it's very much shot like that. It's just a long, wide shot. And it's the two of them very much fencing yeah. at each other, like kicking yeah. and punching. And it's got the exact same energy as the Rasputin. Rid- that that uh, fight scene again as well. That fight. Amazing. It, was, it looked, looked great. great. Yeah, and the costume was great. Whoever was doing the, the good concept, well executed. And the things was. The Cossack dance and the ballet stuff. Great. It's fantastic. But the yeah. tone of this film. This is where it bothers me. They execute simple linear action perfectly. And then they get too fucking smart for their own good. Because I know enough about... I know I don't know, I know just enough history to know that these guys know their history. And are being really glib about real fucking suffering. And that really didn't sit well with me. There's a scene where Tsar Nicholas is talking about the, the, the oncoming war with Germany and, and England... And he's sitting there laughing at the, the you know, fucking let's go teach the Germans a lesson. And there's a slow pull back and you see his wife and four daughters. And it's like, I know every one of those women ended up in a basement getting stabbed to death. Like, 
this is fucking kind of grim and they're playing very fast and loose and they know that history and they're setting that up. There's mm-hmm. a scene where yep. a firing line of soldiers comes out of a trench and we watch all of them die in slow motion. It's like, you're just being way too glib with real suffering here. And again... It, it, it's, the same, it's the same tone that Kick-Ass and the first film had, but now it's in a real world setting. And again, a lot of it could have been avoided if, if you know, I think, you know, Hellboy does it as well. It gets away with it in that it's this occult mm. branch of the SS. So it, it just, it, it gives us that kind of one step removed from the real world events yeah. taking place. And if it had just kind of, because it even has that, essentially that's who the villain is. He's, he's a sort of a, I don't know what you want to call it, but he's, 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 you know, he's creating the Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget, Injustice League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah he's doing he's doing the specter of yeah. shit dudes from yeah. world history. But just give them an organization, give them a name, and just have it one step removed from the actual real world but events. It's just and don't play it for it, laughs. That's it. It's just this weird sort of like tongue in cheek kind of. I don't know, just not even tongue in cheek. It's just a wink. It, it, it that's sort of weirdly like we know a little history and we know it's just enough history that an audience will get it. And it's like the fact that the span of this is like eighteen ninety eight to nineteen twenty as well. Like, just fucking tell a smaller. But that, story. that's kind of my problem with that's my problem with Vaughn's, particularly the Miller World stuff and the stuff Miller writes. It's got this kind of cynical. It, it really wants to set stuff in the real world because I can't, the first Kingsman did it as well with the, the plot it had with, with Jackson's character, you know, kind of influencing all the world leaders mm-hmm. and stuff. It wants to set it in the real world. And then it's really cynical and. Well, sort Miller, of Miller even in, had it, that in, in, in terms of the violence. Miller even had that in the Ultimates as well. Like the first time you see the whole Hulk out and yeah. go nuts in Times Square, it's because Betty went on a date with Freddie Prince Jr. You know, like yeah. he, he loves. I don't know, like how much do you attribute to Miller and how much is Vaughn? But like, Ray Fiennes was great. He really did carry this fucking film. Like, not that he carried it, but like, yeah. like when you think of an older gentleman being an action hero, he was great. I don't know why they needed to injure his leg if they were going to make a big deal out of healing his leg. Just just so they could have that weird blowjob joke with Rasputin. Why that's it. the fuck did that? That that's what it was that's what it was building to. That that's when what it was Rasputin about. Rasputin threw up. I didn't know what I was watching at that point. It was like watching um you know like an exorcist parody. I was like what is this fucking film? I turned it off, I think, two, three times to get through it. Like, I just watched some of it last night and, like, I messaged you and I'm like, no, fuck this, I'm done. Like, when I think it was like when they said, so our, we, our network is made up of domestics. We're literally listening at peepholes, you know, and this is the this is the landed gentry talking about how they're manipulating the working class. And the, the, the son goes, very clever, father. And I just went, oh, fuck this. And I turned it off and had to come back to it over lunch. Um... I don't know why this... We're upsetting Kevin. I'm sorry, Kevin. But, like, every step of the way with these Kingsman movies, they have been, like, Goldust waiting to be turned into something amazing. And there's always just a little knob of shit in the middle of it. Like, the first one where it's just, like, the weird anal sex joke at the end of it. It's like, why did they do that? 
It, it's exactly that why type of humor. Yeah, to be honest, the first one is actually good, pretty much up, up to that, that point. And then you go, why did you and do that? Then it's just like, wow, what? Like, I never even watched that kind of like, just like, yeah, just kind of being like confused by it. It's like, that's all it all. That's, it, it didn't even have to do like it could be a shitty sex joke at that point but it's like come back here and i'll make saving the world worthwhile that's all it needed to be and it's still a shitty sex joke and he still gets to nudge nudge wink wink run away at the end but there's like you can put it in my ass or something was the line it's like what the fuck does does miller or whatever his name is because i always call him miller but apparently it's miller uh-huh. miller yeah. it's miller oh, starring ralphie Anyways, Miller. Uh, so, like, what's there's not a Kingsman comic book, is there? There is, yeah. There is, yeah. I have. I'm reading. I, I have. I got. I've got. I haven't read it yet, but I, I have um, the first. Is it Dave Gibbons as well? Wanted opens with the protagonist's girlfriend getting butt fucked by his coworker. Do you remember that? They don't, make a big don't, point don't of say it. That. It's okay. like I'm at work and I know that Susan's getting butt fucked by Stephen or something like. That like, well, don't be coy now, it's, Aiden. It's made him embarrassed now. <laughs> made him self conscious. It's just every one of these books that they've turned into film, they've had to like fucking filter out I, some of the I, extremist but, Miller stuff. But I read, I read Hook. It's a fair amount of rape in the fucking second Kickass book, as I remembered. Oh man, yeah, I read the first one, and I probably, I'm pretty sure I read the second one, but. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I forgot most of it on purpose. But I'm hook, hook. That's that's Miller, right? The Steven Spielberg, Dustin Hoffman joint from the nineties. No, it, it, obviously I'm not talking about a movie from the nineties. You perfunct bore. I'm talking about a recent comic book. Did I use that right that time? Cut that part no. out. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Oh, Hook. Hook is uh, one where it's like... Spell um, it. I just read it recently. H-U-C-K. Hook. Of course it was H... What, what are you talking about? Of course it was H-U-C-K. Why did you even have to ask? Of course. Why did I even have to think about a film called Hook? Why did you even yeah. have to ask? It's Hook. Did you think I was talking about the Dustin Hoffman movie? I didn't. I knew what we were talking about. I didn't know what, what the fuck Aiden we were talking about. about at first. But as you talked, I remembered there was a thing that was Hook-ish. Spelt the other way. Yeah, next time, next time, count to five and use your fucking brain before interrupting the guy, okay? Thanks, Brian. Just think for one second. One of these days, Brian, think. we're going to be in the same room. All right. And I'm going to do nothing because you scare me. And I'm going to slap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to slap you so Yeah, hard don't even. Because you've got it coming. Don't even bother threatening him. I'm not threatening him. I'm letting him know that I'm going to acquiesce to every request he has <laughs> and he knows it. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe that's why I'm very agreeable with Brian because he has on occasion. He threatens us with violence. I would never, God, I would never, don't say that. No, you haven't tried me with violence. Don't say you. that. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Oh, Brian, he, uh, he, has, he has beaten me up, though. And, uh, I have not. You have, you have disabled me. I fended you off. I, too, um, have known the, 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 the... You almost got me killed. How did I almost get you killed? Because you, you were, you were play-acting one time, and I didn't want to hit you too hard, but you kept going. And we ended up on the road. Oh yeah, that was fun. I can't remember the name (laughs) of. That was on. That was like fucking straight over O'Connell Bridge. Uh, What's the place called? No, not Cassidy's. Cassidy's, yeah, Cassidy's. Oh, you're no, 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 no. no. Straight over O'Connell Bridge. You're talking about. uh, It used to be Pratt. Then it was. 
No, that's over the no. social. No. Oh, Connor Bridge, no. sorry. Uh, he's right, Cassidy's. We yeah. were coming yeah. out of Cassidy's. Cassidy's. And we were heading yeah. towards Gypsy Rose and Workman's and Liquor Rooms and all that shit. He did beat up me and Norby one night. Um, I think I was I there for that as well. I offended you off. I don't think you were. Oh, no, I know. Now you're talking about That was the second time. That was the second, that was the second time. time I did that. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, that's why I agree with Brian. What, what is it about you, Brian, that means that you need to fend people off? I love, I love violence. <laughs> he love does fighting. love violence. I love fighting. I've, he gets boners when he fights me. He loves wrestling. I'm small. I'm small and people, people want to push me around. I didn't want to push you around. So tell us about Hook. No, I'm trying to say is like, I'm pretty sure I read Hook. Uh, no, I did read Hook, sorry, I read it only recently. Um, but I'm pretty sure there was no, like, gross innuendos or anything that in it, you know? Uh, or or jokes and stuff. So, like, is this stuff that he's just happy to put into his movies when they can further elaborate? Or this stuff isn't a no, comic? It's in 90, it's in 90% of his comics, between Nemesis and Wanted yeah. and, and, and um, the Ultimate stuff and fucking Kingsman. Mm. He, he puts... He has historically put there's stuff a, there a, where I just go, fuck you. There's a cruel, cynical violence. And it's coming out of a, like... There is no... There coming is out a of, kind of like, a post-punk Thatcher yeah. era Britain comic. Like, he, the, the stuff that broke Brit comics into the it's US... It's also just to be sensational. The it? stuff that broke British comedy into the... British comics into the US was the fact that it was coming with this weird fucking acerbic, cynical thing. But it just hasn't... You, it's got to go. But that had that had a point as well in that it was it was sort of like a a reflection of here's how brutal things are and here's how brutal they'll get if it's allowed to continue. Whereas his is much more. He revels in it in a weird way. Yeah, just for shock value. Because yeah, I think yeah. I think shock I think somebody referred to Miller as Grant Morrison's little apprentice or something or little fucking offshoot and it's like Morrison I think you know went through a similar thing and kind of arced out of it whereas I don't think I think Miller reveled in it for long. as probably all the drugs yeah if Miller asked you to draw a comic book for him tomorrow would you do it if Miller asked me to draw a comic book tomorrow yeah. I'd ask to read the script yeah well okay you've read the script and you like it if I like it I draw it okay fair if he asks Brian? me to draw it, like here's the thing: I don't draw comics well enough, quick enough, or whatever. I see, I see people on Twitter the whole time going, "We need interior artists to draw comics," and it's like I don't go for those things. I'm not good enough at it. I'm not. I'm not good enough at it. I don't have the time. I can't turn it around quick enough to do anything where I feel like I'd have to spend, engage professionally you, with it. Aiden, yeah. Aiden, if you if you spent less time, if you if you didn't waste your time in this podcast, maybe you'd have time to draw on a fucking comic book every now and then. Maybe let me watch less shite draw a comic book i mean i've put out uh, the three of us have put out close to 150 hours worth of entertainment in the last year that's pretty good you know congratulations we're all great yeah fuck comics Whatever. <laughs> we're entertainers for i think of myself as a content producer myself oh you 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 like to be a, you you refer to yourself as a content producer i'm a creator I'm a cre- That's the Tinder bio. Entrepreneur and content producer. I'm a creative director and a and a, and a, and, a, and a, he's a cancer. Not not like pro- in, in, in a disease sense, astrology. No, you wise. said it now. You said it now. You can't take it back. I meant astrology wise. You're a cancer brain, right? Yep. Yep. Because he's like. But I'm more than you. That, you know. Yeah, because it's so. Well, 
yeah, that's just my sun sign, you know. Back in my day, you had one star sign and that was it. You kids today with your suns and your moons and your... Somehow you're all over the fucking astrological fucking map. Houses. Well, yeah, we are. Yeah, that's, exactly that's actually... It. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah Brian. you got that right. Good job. Brian does my one all the time for me. Did I send a thing to you that was just like the chat where it's like, hey, mom, what time and place was I born? And the response is, stay away from that girl. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um... I have sent my mother text messages like that. Stay away from that girl. No, what time and place was oh, I born? Okay. But now I know exactly. Do you? Tell us now. Yeah, but I can't. No, I'm not saying what? that. People could rob my identity. Can they? I'm sure they could. Because it was a time and place you were born. Yeah, they could say, well, where were you born? And, I, and then they'd say, oh, here. Oh, yeah, that is this person. So were we talking about Hook? What's the story about Hook? No, I just no. There was no story about Hook. I was just he was saying, saying there was none of that right. stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's finally Hook fucking is... copped on, and someone said you need to mellow some shit out a bit here because we're we're sick of your. I think so. Yeah. Like he's sold a lot of concepts as you know development deal and stuff and this and the other like. Um, I mean, Jupiter's legacy is him as well, isn't it? And like, if you go to the book, there's a lot of like mm-hmm. sex and drugs and rock and roll to that, you know. Um, mm. The boys is Ennis. Yeah. Yep. See, I, I see, yeah, even Ennis, I think, gone a bit too much for me as well at a certain point. But definitely, yeah. Like yeah. I, like I enjoyed his preacher and his Constantine and probably a bit of the Punisher run as well. But even Punisher, like Punisher, I've never liked Punisher as a concept broadly. You know, I enjoyed the show, but there's. I liked Punisher as the guy who wore big white boots and white gloves. Yeah, I, I, I love that Punisher That's too. the cool version. The the other version is problematic. No, man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let like a bunch of fucking like QAnon fucking incel fuckers who've never read a comic book in their lives piss on the Punisher, you know what I mean? Like like I read those. Well, books, I think it's the type I of stories they books, write. But uh but like, you know, that's not even like the best like I like, you know, kind of uh, the Punisher Max stuff is good. Um uh, Franken Frankenstein Punisher is like probably one of the better Punisher stories. Frankenstein, um, but I think the best version of the Punisher is the one where he's basically Batman but without millions, and he's got a military background, but he's Batman mm. on the street. Yeah, pared down. That's the version. Pared down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree, dude. But I agree. The, the, the kind of the kind of hardline the vigilante where Wolverine stuff. Son sliced him into bits in. and then they reassembled him and made him a Frankenstein Punisher that lived in the sewers, which ran for quite a while. Frankencastle. That's that's a fun. That's a fun one. That's fun. He's with the, like he was werewolf by night and stuff, dude. That's that's just like city fun stuff, you know. But uh, that's what, and that's okay because that's just like kind goofy. Of, when he yeah, died that's, that's, and he was in heaven and he was an angel and. Uh, uh, he was a, an assassin too. for heaven, uh, and he had those weird guns. That wasn't great. But I mean, he he was basically Rambo in the mm. city, you know, down to his bandana and stuff. So anyway, Kingsman, the Kingsman, is once again fucking disappointing waste of an otherwise really promising franchise. But please do watch it and tell me: is that David Tennant doing the voice? Of yeah. the villain, because I'm I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure it is. The, but the I don't, know. I don't think it's till until the fight scene with Rasputin that I go. Actually, this is fun. 
I liked the fight scene, but the stuff before it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm kind of bothered. the fight scene. The, the the point the point where the point where it started to win me over a bit, like I said, was in the no man's land. That's where... well after the fucking Rasputin bit. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. In, we're like an hour and a half in. And it's point. this movie's like two and a half yeah, hours. And I'm not. So... <laughs> what I mean is, like, I, I was, I say, won me over mm. a little. You know, not all the way. It, it was just the fact that for a moment. It was, I think the tone was matching the seriousness mm. of what was yep. taking place. And then it kind of undone it with, I won't say what, but it, it felt like it didn't earn the waste then of that yep. moment. It was just more to, the the film needed a, a point to turn on and it felt contrived then. I wonder but, who the writer was on it. Yeah. Like I know this is. It was Vaughn and some other one. It was Vaughn and someone else. It wasn't Jane. Was she on the first one? She was, I believe that, she that's was. That's part yeah. of where I'm yeah. sort of like, is it Jane Goldman? Goldman. Goldman. But she she didn't write this. It was, this was Vaughn and some other guy, I think. Because like, I, I, like, I just randomly on a whim decide to attribute blame or credit to people. After it, but I'm just like I like the stuff she's involved with, and she's not involved with this, and it's the mm-hmm. one I've hated the most. The Golden Circle was such a waste of fucking time. So much help. So I didn't watch you that one. Watch it because I I didn't love I didn't love the first one you see anyway. So you should watch it just now that you've done this. Just throw the other one on. Hate hate I watch think it just to get a complete picture. Ah, <laughs> uh, I've got a complete. No, picture. I think you haven't until you've seen just how much Elton John is in that movie. Oh, okay. It, yeah. it's just weird it's just weird um the i guess the last thing uh god goldman's on that one as well though i watched all a reacher or as uh we have now taken to calling it thanks to pj holden's amazing tweet sherlock hulk I'm so annoyed i didn't come up with that because because it, it was, was right like, there you know he he followed that up with the bigliest hobo which i quite like as well no better no better than cruise for all his extra inches I agree. I yeah, like. I think Cruz brought this yeah. sort of like world weary. Cruz was much more. Yeah, um, I didn't find him intimidating at all. You know, for all his size, Cruz is. I, I did like the things. I, I like Richard. I've I've seen him in kind of comedy stuff, and he's funny. Um, so I do like him. But Cruz is a stronger, more experienced actor. I think. Yeah, I think the scenes where Cruz has to sort of like sell that staring through you intimidation thing he does a great job at it. And I think Richardson just like, it's a different take. Richardson, Richardson is it? Yeah. Richardson. Richardson. Um, he, like I, I watched a couple of interviews with him after the fact, and he just says, he's never seen the, he's never seen the cruise one. He read the books once he started finding out what the part was. And I'm like, okay. And his approach to this seems to have been the, just sort of like, I don't have to try and stare you down. I'm just intimidating by being, but without putting a little bit of, something in the eyes yeah it's it's not quite the same as it's not tom because yeah because who you know at the end of the day only a certain number of people are going to be intimidated by size you know i know in the books it's his size alone is supposed to be enough but i don't think that's i don't i I also like it's his i know this is fucking stupid but like i i what is Lee Child's background in anything? Because what did did he write a character who is just 
naturally huge because I feel like kind of I yeah. feel like, like it the, skips it, the idea that like he probably had to eat a shit ton of food and lift a shit ton of weights to get well that like thing. his idea was is that there there were just there are people who are just big mm. there are just big people and like they you know they wouldn't necessarily be cut like Richson no. but they can be naturally bulky and big and I think he he pictured um as a rugby player in particular that he always kind of pictured in my in his mind when he was talking about it but he said himself then as well that the size is kind of more a metaphor for reacher's unstoppable nature mm. his sort of irresistible force it's 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 more a metaphor than and that's why he, he's he not cut like richard he, he's just more exactly if it's yeah. just metaphor for you know I liked it at the start, but there was a point, I think, from maybe episode three on where it just turned into the unorthodox cop show that we've got a billion versions of. You know, it kind of lost the it lost the Sherlock hobo element and it just became a cop show. Right. Kind of for me. I hear you. I, I did like it at the start, but it, 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 it lost me. It lost me about halfway through. Oh, okay. I stuck with it. I didn't hate it, but um, it did. I did kind of feel that what I love about I love the first Reacher film. Mm-hmm. Second one is crap, but frustrating. You do, and it's yeah, frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like every even down to the branding of like going. It's it's never go back, and it's like well, you're literally going back for sequels, so you've already written your own bad reviews. It's like oh god, never but never call a film something that indicts itself. Sorry, go on. Is a story and a character as simple as Reacher needs that extra layer on it. Like, I was kind of thinking of Sicario a bit. You know, Sicario is just this very straightforward crime thriller, but it's got this layer of kind of horror or dread on top of it that elevates it from just being a, a drug cartel film. And Reacher needs something like that. And I think that's what the first film kind of has is it's got this, well, one, it's kind of a throwback to the seventies vigilante thing. Yeah. And then two, it's got this kind of the, the villain is a good villain, I think for, for the film and that, you know, there's this mysterious insidious kind of thing that's lurking in all corners of kind of, you know, middle America or kind of you know, these kind of smaller, quieter towns. And the show just starts to feel like every other, every other American kind of procedural cop thing where it's, it's set somewhere sunny. Everybody's kind of good looking and, you know, they're just driving SUVs around the place, investigating stuff. It loses the kind of edge where it's this, hulking character who's also got this razor sharp intellect and he's he's turned his attention to you and that's the last thing you want and it loses all of that it just it just becomes a yeah it big big army guy investigating a a thing that he's got no business investigating again to sort of like but it starts well again to sort of compare you know the the scene where Cruz takes Rosamund Pike and sort of just goes take a minute and look out that window you see these people and he gives this sort of soliloquy as to why he lives his life the way he does and there's such 
sort of intensity and kind of a rationality you can kind of understand. Like I, I've spent my yeah. whole life fighting for a country I'd never even seen. So why should I? It's a great moment. It's a yeah. great moment. And then by the because time she, she's also just realized that my dad's right. You're just a you're just a lunatic who can't live in the real world and live in normal life. And you've got this you've got this wacky theory about what's going on. And then he very very succinctly sums up who here given a second chance wouldn't swap places with me and it's great exactly and and then by comparison by when we get to the end of the reacher series and he's like you know sees your man taking a shirt and goes hey you're looking pretty ripped and he goes do i and he goes nah and it's like it's something's lost in the tone and the person of the character there when he's taking yep. a piss like that um but i know that it's just like the difference between you know, a two-hour film where you can keep somebody in this one space mentally and this one sort of place as a character, whereas over eight hours of longer-form TV... But that, 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 that's the to... thing, is is what the book had when I read it was there's a sense that you've got this small town and you've got this... Again, it's quite like the, the one-shot film the first film you've got a small town and you've got this sort of evil that has started to you know spread into everything in the town Mm -hmm. and it's kind of corrupting every corner of it and then reacher comes to town and and deals with it so it it kind of needs that there was no menace in the town Mm. there was no menace in terms of the villain and the reach they had it was just them driving around from crime scene to crime scene whereas the kind of sense i got from the sense i got from the book is that it's this it's this alienated isolated place mm. that you know the rest of the world is kind of forgotten and evil has been allowed to kind of take root there but now reaches here and he's gonna he's gonna cut it out it needs that it needs an extra layer there, there needs to be something else to it otherwise there it's just a cop show mm. And that's what it, I think. I think that's what it needed. Is that I didn't get a sense of Margrave or Margrave or Margrave, Margrave. I think I didn't get a sense of it being this place that had this kind of great evil at its core that had kind of that had taken hold and was responsible for all these atrocities. You know, do you get what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, I, 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 I did. Like, I definitely felt some menace in in these killers and the way they would roll up to people's houses and stuff. Um, yeah, the, the killers. Yeah, but it was more in the depiction of the, space, the acts they yeah. committed, as opposed to it being like that. I was... think that um, that mayor, come police chief, didn't help. He he came across very comic. The fact that like it's probably a point. From he the always book. plays that same type of character as well. Yeah, it's probably a point from the same book thing. that he carried the cane with the big crystal on the end of it, but like it just looked fucking goofy and Kentucky Fried, and he. He didn't look comfortable carrying it around the place. It didn't look like something that had been by his side for twenty years, you know. And that—that's the thing. Like, if you're not going to do that other layer, then you need to lean into the the roadhouse element of it. You know, it's got to be one or the other. You've got to go strong, corny vigilante, or you've got to have this other edge to it because otherwise, it's just a. I mean, how many how many shows on TV are there about? cops that aren't cops you know mm. between you know like the, the murder she wrote and the doctor's stuff and just castle and all that kind of stuff you know the the unorthodox cop thing there's there's too many of them but yeah basically by the end of it it, it reminded me more of castle because he's driving around with his cop partner than it did of this okay 
this ter- this terrifying hobo vigilante yeah. who you don't want you know you don't want him turning his attention on you because it's like the mentalist of his magic trick was taking your eyeball out with his thumb <laughs> yeah but that that's kind of what it became is that it it was you know whether it was whether it was the cop in the town or whether it was his his uh former partner in the military police mm. it just became the the male and female investigators going from crime to crime scene instead of sherlock hulk at last the sherlock hulk but i would like to see more and see if they can kind of refine that stuff a bit yeah i i just i do think that there is there's something to the scale of the guy that can look a little goofy yeah um, he's, he's too big and when he when he was yeah like when he's walking into like when he's walking into the town walking out of the town even walking out of that burning building it's just like just feels observed i know it's a weird thing but like i don't think i don't know it's just a bunch of choices like i don't think it felt right him rolling around in a t-shirt you know like even if if you're a hobo yeah he's a hobo yeah he needs to be he's a drifter put a, you know, he's, but like yeah. uh, put a jacket on him that he's worn for and a then, while like the, the the scene where the scene where they're you know at the clothes bank and he puts on the, the one of the three or four shirt. scenes that he's yeah, goes but you know when he puts on the V-neck yeah. shirt and he's like absolutely not. It's like as if you look any different in your other yeah. tiny T-shirt. Yeah. You know, you're still dressed like a Abercrombie and Fitch model. You know, you're, you're still dressed like the giant model that ate all the other Abercrombie and Fitch models. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a busy week of consuming content. We watched Murderville, The Kingsman, Boba Fett, um, uh, Reacher. Uh, you watched uh, the Tinder Swindler as well. Um, uh, and Pam and Tommy Kevin which was your favourite of the ones we all watched huh